Uh, I just wanted to get the gang together early in my tenure to say, uh, yo. Yo. Uh, Welcome to Four Sheets to the Wind. Coming to you live on this uh, Sunday night in August. You got Connor Thomas out here in Austin, Texas, and uh, Rick Merchant holding it down in uh, in the Sunshine State, Colorado. Colorado is the Sunshine State. <laughs> no, it's Florida, but it's a nice uh, little wedding crashers reference Wait, for you. you. I Denver. Mean, you do get the most sun per year. Denver, the Sunshine State. Most days of sunshine. <laughs> 300 days a year don't move out here though there's too many people already hey austin we'll say the same thing we got we got a few transplants you know (laughs) we got in the game early you can't you can't blame us we don't want anyone else now no no one else only hot chicks all right fair enough fair enough (laughs) how we doing rick oh we're doing good you know beautiful day yes sir all right, on tonight's episode, we've got a uh, we talked some NFL season's rapidly approaching. We just wrapped up uh, week one of the preseason. Um, we talked some Succession, one of our favorite uh, collective shows on this podcast. Season two premieres uh, tonight, actually. Just up, went up live on your uh, your HBO Go, folks. And then uh, for sheet three, something different. We'll be running a, a commissioner interview with no, none other than yours truly. As you may or may not know, I'm the uh, tenure commissioner of our uh, our hardcore fantasy football league. So we'll be looking to uh, get inside the mind of a man. See Are what we makes year a league 11 tick. Now? I thought this was year ten. I thought last year was year nine. We thought it was year ten, but we miscounted. <laughs> I thought that was two years ago, but it, it might have been two years. Time flies. Time flies. But <laughs> we're in double digits now, so get a look of get a look what makes a. How does a man run a league so successfully with with an iron fist? We're gonna peel back that onion tonight, fellas, and we'll wrap up with a quick uh, quick cuck of the week. But uh, with that, when we dive into a little uh, little NFL talk right now, I think the biggest headline of the week: you had uh, Hard Knocks kicked off on HBO, and Antonio Brown, new new guy in town on the Raiders, has been the talk of the town. He has been the talk of the town. <laughs> uh, I thought you disconnected. No, I thought, I thought you were going to go, like, like, jump into something there. <laughs> I thought you disconnected. I said, all right, ignore all that. We had some tech, non-technical difficulties. We had technical difficulties before this podcast, so that led to that. All right, Antonio Brown. Basically. Great start, great start. All right, Antonio Brown uh, said this week that if he could not play with his old helmet, which he is not allowed to anymore, which we'll get into the whole story, that he refuses to play in the NFL. He says he doesn't need the NFL. The NFL (laughs) needs me. Just absurd. An absurd take from an increasingly detached player I mean, it's just deranged so, behavior honestly yeah so to give the full story nfl has a rule that the every helmet has to be uh 
analyzed and approved by a certain agency for safety mm-hmm. and they only will do helmets that are up to 10 years old so players like tom brady i think it's the major one he got he actually played 11 years of his previous helmet but got grandfathered in last year with the rule mm-hmm. um tom brady's gonna have to switch to a new helmet this year but antonio brown I, I assume knew this was coming because this has been in place for a few years mm-hmm. and his helmet became 10 years old. So the, the safety agency, whoever does it said that it's not allowed anymore or is not reviewing it anymore. So the NFL said it's not allowed. So I know, I know he knows it was coming, <laughs> but yep. he just basically said like, he tried to come out on the practice field. He got it painted, but not quite the Raiders' colors. He got painted <laughs> silver. Uh-huh. But not the true silver silver and black that the Raiders are known for. And tried to just kind of, I think, skirt around this, thought no one would notice. Interesting. I didn't know that's part of the story. Yeah, he, he apparently got it painted to approximately the Raiders' color, but not quite. <laughs> and just tried to go out to practice with it like no one would notice. And the equipment managers obviously noticed. Huh. And w- so after this happens, he goes on. He went on a two-hour conference call with the league to say that he should be w- able to wear this helmet. Oh, my God. It's just absurd. And I love that it's happening. I think you and me both. Oh, yeah. I think both of us as enemies in the Broncos and Chargers enemies but I think we both agreed that our true enemy is always the Raiders yep yep I, I would say of all the fr- of all franchises the Raiders might be the most e- like the Chargers probably my, my third favorite franchise after the Lakers and Dodgers but I'm, I'm not sure there's a franchise I hate more from a rival standpoint than the Raiders everything is just encompassed in like teams I think it's just like the fan base, yep. Every, the team, everything, it just encompassed in a franchise you could really grow to hate. I've been taught since an early age to hate the Raiders, and we both grew up in LA, so there's actually a decent amount of Raiders fans. But that kind of that certain, adds to it, kind of makes it yeah, it makes them a more like a tangible rival for someone growing up in the Southland. I mean, I went. To, I was my childhood was go, going to. Chargers season tickets in the one game of the year we could never go to was the Raiders for fear of uh, drunken hooliganism, drunken violence. Just I went to scumbag I've been fans. To two Raiders Broncos games, one in Oakland, oh. in the club section, got harassed <laughs> behind for, enemy for, lines. Well, we weren't even wearing Broncos gear, but I was a kid. We were rooting for the Broncos. Still mm-hmm. harassed, <laughs> and then. My dad has a famous story of going to a a Raiders Broncos game in in LA. On the way there, a car got in a small car accident, got a beer thrown at him wearing his Broncos jersey. Oh fuck. <laughs> I feel like I've told you this story before. I probably sure heard have. it. I probably heard it. But wait, so he was so he was driving a, a, a yeah, full beer, probably probably on the 405 just where the Coliseum's at. Mm-hmm. So just standing on the side of the 405, basically, getting information, all that. Got a beer thrown at him. 
Jesus. And then was told on the way out of the stadium because the Broncos won that he had to take off the jersey if he wanted to get out of the stadium. So he went out of the stadium. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My dad's gonna oh, listen man. to this, and maybe I'm getting some of the details wrong, but I think big picture. Big picture. Big right. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Oh man, so yeah, just no team I hate more, no team you hate more. So I'm 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 thoroughly enjoying seeing this kind of shit show. I've always I've never been a huge Antonio Brown guy. Obviously, super talented player, but his antics last season definitely wore me. I found it to be a bit of a dis- distraction. I've never liked the Steelers either. So to see him bring his uh, his clown car act to my least least favorite franchise, I'm thoroughly enjoying seeing that. So the helmet was actually just one piece of this. Uh, these shenanigans this week. The other piece, possibly maybe even more uh, important in the immediate term, I think this helmet thing will eventually work itself out, but he hasn't been practicing due to the fact he's fighting uh, about a frostbite. So I think the story goes he was in France earlier in the summer, attempting to get some cryotherapy, being the, uh, the nimrod that he is. He doesn't put on the appropriate uh, gear. So I guess when you, when doing cryotherapy, there's special uh, things you use for your extremities, your toes and your fingers, Probably right? Probably stuff, that, stuff that's touching the actual surfaces because that's going to be way more cold than just getting the radiation cold from everything else. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't wear the appropriate boots or what, what have you gear for this. And his feet are like pretty got fucked up like you showed pictures of them on on twitter they had uh podiatrist right is that the right term yep they had a podiatrist look at it and say okay yeah this is like a se- severe case of frostbite he's probably not gonna be in the practice field for at least another couple weeks it's from the sound of it so he's missing valuable time with uh with a new offense with di- trying to get that uh that chemistry in there with Derek carr so just uh <laughs> the antonio brown era in, in oakland is off to a riveting start Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that part. I I thought it was just in the team facility. I didn't know this happened a while ago, and it just came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I heard <laughs> some sports funnier, this week. I think. <laughs> so he's been. I think he's missing a decent amount of time. Like he hasn't really been playing since this happened. I think the France thing took place in July, and he's still supposed to be out for another couple weeks. So he'll be he'll <laughs> just right. rolling rolling out there week week one perhaps maybe maybe he gets on the field by end of the preseason but not not the start you That's want wild. for your <laughs> highest paid uh receiver in nfl history oh yeah <laughs> oh man Ra- raiders and sh- shitty things happening to them i love it all the time <laughs> and it happens all the time it will be interesting to see how this, te- this, this is their this is their last season in oakland is Vegas start next year, or is it two years? I believe so. Okay, so yeah, last season in Oakland, kind of a uh, what do you call that? When, not a lame duck. We have a lame duck season for the uh, silver and black here. I will say though, if there's one franchise, there's not a lame duck for. It's an, it's an icon of uh, low class. <laughs> no matter where you are, you can find low class Raiders fans. Oh yeah. Vegas will be an interesting place for them, honestly. That might be a, a broader topic for another day, but I'm not sure how those two things will kind of mesh together. I think I think it's a good franchise for Vegas, honestly. 
What other? I mean, are other fan? Is there fan base going to be people who are traveling? I mean, Vegas isn't a huge place where people live. It's more of a place people visit. I'm curious what the composition of the fan, like the home fan base, will look like. Will it be people that are just like in town for the weekend, and the Raider fans, or maybe you'll get people traveling Vegas, from the Southland. I feel like it's close enough where you get the diehards coming though. And the, yeah, and if there's from one LA. thing about the Raiders, they have do do have diehards still in LA, mm-hmm. still in Oakland. There will be diehards that make the drive out. How far is Oakland? Game. I don't know, like seven hours. That I guess you could also fly. Quick ninety-minute flight. Oh, uh, eight about an eight-hour drive. It's a Allegiant Stadium, so. <laughs> Is it really? Allegiant's flight. Yeah, that they just named the stadium this week. Uh, okay, that makes sense. A fucking chattel class airline for a chattel class franchise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so right, that's Antonio Brown, but uh, we're, got, we're kind of moving along here in the NFL. We're gonna take a look at uh, some quarterback rankings. So I think how we're gonna kind of break this down: um, two different lists. So we'll have our our list of 2019 top five. So you're not getting more points for past performance or uh, Super Bowl rings, that kind of stuff. We're saying who who are the top five signal callers you want in 2019. That'll be the first list we take a look at. And then next up, we'll take on a forward-looking assessment. So give me your top three for the next decade. Yep. So let's see. Do you want to maybe do – we could start start with like each do our number five guy and then alternate and and kind of go down the list that way? Yep. Let's do it. All right. You want to start us off? Who do you got number uh, number five, Rick? All right. So number five, I have Drew Brees. Um. So I put Breeze at number five. I probably would have put him at number four if not for the last, I think, three seasons. He's had really crappy statistics coming out of coming in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unbelievable in the first half of the season. Still, I think if you take that, he's a top four quarterback. Wear down, but he still got his team within a bullshit pass interference call of the Super Bowl last year, basically. Yep. So I'll take Breeze to do another year in the top in at number five. That's fair. Um, Breeze Breeze was ranked actually number first overall by PFF on just their overall season grade. So I can definitely I can see the logic there. Um, actually, Breeze didn't make my top five, surprisingly. Thought about it, but I think that we're going to see that decline only steepen more this season. So I'm, I, went, I skewed a little younger on my list. So I went um, Russ Wilson, actually, at number five. For as much as I hate the guy, I think he's been a, he's been a, a model of consistency for at that position for them. Got some new weapons this year in Seattle. Um, drafted DK Metcalf. So I think I think Wilson will have another consistent What's season. What's your opinion of DK Metcalf? I was pretty high on the guy actually. I thought he was going to be a first round pick. Because he's one of the more bizarre players. Just a physical specimen in the straight line speed is unbelievable. But it, I th- I just still think it's interesting from the draft time. 
he was one of the worst at like three cone drill or five ten five, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And all basically all the agility drills. He just had straight line speed and strength. Yeah, it is and crazy. I'm not he sure like... how that works with Russell Wilson's skill set. Um, skill set. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see it. I'm just, I don't know. He was good. He's good or bad. I'm just interested to see what he what he turns out to be. So okay, second round pick. Actually, I thought I thought he fell more than he did. So he's second round pick, sixty fourth no, overall. Round, yeah. 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 So we'll see how they kind of mesh together. Um, I'm not sure who else is on that in that receiving core. I think they lost a lot of. Du- you still have Doug. Baldwin. Okay, Baldwin. Tyler Lockett is still there. I mean, Doug, Doug Baldwin is probably—he's not a first-tier receiver. He's made better by Russell Wilson, but I think he's still underrated in the league. Probably because oh, yeah. his name's Doug. Uh, oh yeah, I'm—I'm I'm looking at the roster right now. I'm not seeing him. <laughs> oh, is he not on the team anymore? <laughs> Might be. Uh. Uh. Oh God! All right. Wait, Whoa, is he? I he was... Wait, I could be wrong. Maybe I missed it. No. Oh, fuck. I think he retired. What? <laughs> oh, is God. We're outdated. American yeah. football receiver. All right. On May 12, 2019, Doug Baldwin announced his retirement on Twitter. All right. Oh, God. Tough stuff. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I want to change my rank. Huh. Three days before... Oh. Seahawks released Baldwin with a failed physical designation. All right, so Baldwin's no longer on the team. That's that's established, huh? All right, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back. I'm I'm not gonna change it, but <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm gonna keep him. But that is yeah. a little bit worrisome. Yeah, you have Lockett, Lockett, Lockett and Metcalf. Best, well, Lockett's your only your best veteran receiver. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how that affects him, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but if there's a guy that that doesn't affect, it's probably Russell Wilson, because mm-hmm. he's just so good at not taking sacks, making the best out of nothing. Yep, no, I agree with that. And bait. Uh, oh, I'm saying he's my number four, so we'll just combine these. Hmm. So we don't have to talk more about it, but Russell Wilson is just when you watch when you watch him play, it's amazing, like how good he is at not taking negative plays and just making something out of nothing. Yep, I'll He's be honest. The best scr- scrambling in terms of like scrambling to make a pass. Not yeah, not scrambling, uh, not like scrambling to gain yardage necessarily, but like yeah. extend the play. He extends the play, makes a pass in the league. Yep, I would agree with that assessment. All right, so you got so you got you got Wilson at four, or Wilson at five for me, four for you. At number four, I've got Phil Rivers, my guy, coming off arguably maybe his best season of his career. Was drawn MVP consideration earlier in the year. Um, definitely cut down on his interceptions. That had been a problem um, in years, kind of years previous. I think this is definitely one of the. It's probably the most talented Chargers um, roster I'd say since that, like the Merriman days. 
that 07, yeah, yeah, 09 yeah. era. That team was absolutely stacked, but the amount of we got do shit in the playoffs. So we, we've got talent at the the skill positions, talent on the defense. <laughs> Rivers has got got figured out, so I'm expecting another big year out of Phil. That's my number four. I, I Phil would have been. I would probably put like him, Matt Ryan, and maybe Cam Newton as like just missed the cut. Yeah, I had I had Matt Ryan actually as um my kind of honor, honorable mention there. Yeah, that that's where I'd put Phil. I think those three uh are the just missed missed the cut guys for me. Yep. All right, who do you got at uh three? Three, I've got Rodgers. And I really wanted to put... So, I think there's a dividing line here for me. You had these top three. You could probably convince me any of these next three guys do it. I know Rodgers with the throwaways and stuff like that. But, I mean, when he's been on... I can't believe that Roger that Rogers is gone like from like two or three years ago. I think he's Rogers is the best passer maybe ever. Yep, I'm 100 percent with you. Let's, I I think we're we're well the same top three eventually. So let's throw it out there. So you, what you're saying the three would be Rogers, Mahomes, Roger and, and Brady. Ooh, ooh. Okay, we're down the same three. Wait, okay. you didn't include Brady in your top five. Oh, all right, all right. And you didn't even put him in the runner-up. You're putting Phil Rivers above Brady. That's right. <laughs> all right, well, let's, we'll get we'll get into it, I suppose. Once you get to your Brady section, wow. Okay, so I'm surprised you had a couple of guys different then. So I got, I have Rogers at two. So I, I'm I'm okay. saying that all right. I agree so that. I'm saying Rogers at three, just yep. coming off bad seasons. He had some really bad stats last year, especially the throwaways and sacks mm-hmm. taken and stuff like that. But with new coach, offensive-minded guy, just need to give and I'm a little skeptical of Lafleur, but I'm a little skeptical of Lafleur. But offensive guy, but it's Rogers' offense. Yep. Overall, yep. you know, and I mean, I feel like people have a lot forgotten just the magic that is Rogers, like. A couple years ago, like I think he could regain that. I'm told. I'm totally in agreement there. I'm. I'm expecting a pretty big season out of Rodgers. Still, I mean, for as long as he's been doing it, I still think that at the age 35, he can be a top two, top three guy at this position. Yeah, and I think he. I think they just the. I think just the old formula just wasn't working, and Rogers and Mercurial dude. I think it just he's gotten in his head a little bit, and I like the fresh start type thing. Yeah, I'm glad they did it. Now I'm glad they didn't try to. I mean, that's. I feel like you could have even cut the bandit off a lot the year before. Something was better, better now than never. Like the, the Packers should have had more success. At, than they did have with McCarthy. With, I don't think you could debate Rodgers is in a top five at least, Pat, just pure passing ability quarterback. 
Oh, I would, I would totally agree. In terms of what were you just saying, in terms of talent? Yeah. Or just being a pure passer? I mean, him, yeah, Hayden, our, Elway. Our talent, make it, making arm strength and making the throws. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, I'm um, spitballing here, but him, Payton, and Elway, maybe. Yeah, and I'd take I'd take Rogers over pretty much everybody. If I want a guy, if I'm telling a guy the throw that I need to make, I'm probably taking Rogers over anybody in the history of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so you got him at three, or no? Sorry, you had him at. Yeah, that's right. You had him at three. three. My number three was Andrew Luck, actually. So I think right. Luck fi- finally healthy. Um, I think he's up for another big year. Colts, um, I think, surprised some people last year. Got a little, snuck into the postseason, got a little, um, little further than people thought they were going to. Last year, and I look, look for them to build on it this year. I think Luck, if he can stay healthy, is still the... The best quarterback I've ever seen come into the league in terms of a, a draft pro- prospect. And yeah, that's has been enough. derailed a little bit from from injuries. I think if he can, if he is healthy, and there are some injury concerns this offseason actually, with his uh, his what was it? Same thing Durant had. Or tendon. Fuck. Why am I blanking on this? Like eight, like Achilles. And that's the thing that. What was the thing that everyone said Durant injured before he actually hurt towards Achilles? His calf? It's like a calf injury. Yeah, I think that's what Luck is dealing with this offseason. So that's a little bit concerning, but assuming he's good by week one. I got him at three this year. Fair enough. The Colts have pulled off their amazing rebuild, and... I, I should have included luck in that best that didn't get it type thing. But I don't know. I still don't know if I'd put him over my top five, anyone in my top five, personally. But I don't disagree that luck's in that conversation. I don't think he's in the best quarterback conversation, though. Yep. All right, who do you have at uh at number two? All right, I put Brady at two. This is like just up in the air between obviously Mahomes is gonna be my number one. Yep. This is basically like Mahomes is young and did all that stuff last year versus Brady's shown this whole resume. Didn't do quite as well in the regular season, but just made it work in the postseason. So you could you you could convince me that Brady's number one still, uh, but he's just still doing it, and I probably won't not put him in the top three until he's not doing it. Hmm. Maybe I, maybe I'm reconsidering a little bit here. I held it against Brady that yet, like, he got playoff, playoff everything aside. I think during the regular season, you're going to see some regression this year out of Brady and him just kind of just take the foot off the gas even more during the regular season. So that's why I kept him out of my top five. 
Oh, you didn't even put. Oh, wow. I'm thinking maybe He's uh, maybe put I the sh- greatest quarterback out of all time out of the top. <laughs> maybe I should. All right, now I'm looking at it. This is like a put- LeBron. This is like a LeBron situation. Maybe put him in Anastasia Wilson or that Doug Baldwin. For this, just for this season, though. I'm not. I'm, I'm, going into this, I said we don't we don't take uh, past glories, past performance into consideration. Just who do you want for well, this season? You have to, all right. I'm talking about how they'll do this season, but. You consider the past to educate what they'll do this season. That's what I've meant. Yeah, but well, I, I, I'm I'm taking his past in consideration that the fact he's he's gonna continue to get older, and I think he regressed a little bit last off last uh, during the regular season, and I would I mean I wouldn't be shocked to see it continue more this season. All right, and then uh. Yes, I got Rodgers at two, and then Mahomes at one. I think Mahomes is only going to build on what he did last year. I won't be surprised, like, whatever you would call it, regression. If his, if his stats are a little less insane this year. But he's still the top quarterback in the league if his stats regress a bit. Exactly, exactly. I'm not saying he's going to go and break the, the, the uh, TD record this season necessarily, but he, I still think he's going to lead the league and in most most categories and, and have the most electric offense. I can't believe you left Brady out of the top five. <laughs> if, I, if I did it again, I might have thrown oh, him in there. For Rivers? I think Rivers is for a big, for big season this year. The I exact think... reasons the exact reasons you're hating on Brady is the exact reasons you hate on Rivers. I don't think Rivers regressed think... at all. Last season. I think Rivers is still on the up. He's not on the up. <laughs> well, he had, his, he had a little late, like a mid to late, mid to late crisis. What, what am I looking for? Midlife crisis? Like a mid to late life crisis. And his, his, the you last... You can't tell me you're going to rate Rivers above Brady this season. I think River, uh, Rivers is no doubt. Wilson is the one I'm reconsidering. I'll maybe put oh, Brady at five. I'll put Brady at five and then Wilson at six. All right. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. <laughs> There's my cop out. So I got Brady at five. Somebody can run, run it back. Brady at five, Rivers at four, Luck, Rogers, Mahomes. That's what I got. You have Breeze at five, Wilson at four, Rogers, Brady, Mahomes. Yeah. All right, I think. I think let, I let me keep getting Brady until I don't get it. <laughs> he might not have the stats in the regular season anymore, but come playoff time, who do I want? I want Brady over anyone, basically. All right. He should be thankful he makes my top five. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to in the future. So we, I think we said what ten year. Yeah. So next, uh, who do, who do you want for the next decade, basically? So we're doing top three right here. So who'd be your number right. three guy you'd want for the next ten years? You go first because I'm still. All right. So for me, I'm number three. I'm going Baker Mayfield. 
I'll, I'll admit it, I wasn't a massive Baker guy going into last year. I think this time last season, I had him, um, I had him ranked behind Lamar Jackson at one point going to the drafts. So obviously, that, that's aged awfully. But I was super impressed by Baker's rookie year. I think the kid's got a spark. People seem to kind of, kind of quarterback that guys want to play for. And he's, he basically was doing a lot of the things that he was doing in Oklahoma, which I didn't think would translate, really. He's doing that at an NFL level. I think Baker's definitely set up for success with his Cleveland and John Dorsey have done a phenomenal job building, building that roster. Only continued this offseason, adding a top five uh, receiving talent in, o- in Odell. So I'm expecting a big growth from uh, from Baker in year two and for that to continue over the foreseeable future into the next decade. So Baker's my number three. So I would disagree. Baker was one of the three guys, three or four guys I was considering for number three. Um, basically, I was thinking Baker, Goff, um, and then Luck and Wilson. If you wanna, if you're talking about next ten years with Luck and Wilson, you might give up some on the backside. Mm-hmm. But those guys are ready to compete now. That's true. I mean, with Luck's, Luck's not even thirty yet. He'll turn yeah, thirty so in about a I month. I think I'll do. I think I'll go Luck with my third. I, even though I didn't put him in the top five, I still think that if you want a guy that you can compete for the next ten years with, Luck's the guy to go with at my third slot. Yeah, so I don't, I don't hate that pick at all. Obviously, I, I Luck ranked as a as the third overall quarterback for this season, but I ultimately left him off based on uh, just injury concerns. So, hey, you're getting, you're getting him yeah. from his age 30 through 40 years rather than age 23 through 33. So you're in the latter half of his prime, and I think we've seen, especially in this modern age, I mean, take a look at that top five list we just I mean you just put out. You've got Rodgers age 35, Brady, Rivers, all above age 35. So I think there's something to be said for quarterbacks can age more gracefully in this era. But Lux just had a number of different injuries, so yeah. I ultimately left him off for this. I, uh, I already want to change it. <laughs> I just think he's had too many a variety of different injuries where I'd be concerned saying I'm, that's who I'm going to invest in. That's my stock pick for the next 10 years. That's why I left him off. I just I just don't think there's a great third guy to go with. You're taking, like, Baker's first season as a rookie was good. Mm-hmm. Great as a rookie quarterback, possibly. But I, I just think there could be more hype then I just want to see it for another year type thing. And then there's just like downfalls to everything. Who, okay, who else? Let's, let's back it up a little bit. Who, so you got Luck at three. Who else is in your honorable mentions? You said Luck, Wilson. L- Luck, Wilson, Goff, Mayfield. Mayfield, okay. So my, my Pretty much any of those could be my third. So other guys I, I bantied about when making this list uh, – Darnold, I still think I think Darnold showed a lot the last couple weeks of the season, but definitely not enough to be included in the list. I'm still super high on him as a prospect, but wasn't enough yeah. to crack it. I think we need to see a lot more in a a big step forward in year two. Yeah, he'd be he'd be a step behind all those guys for me. 
And then I'd Trubisky somewhere on that list. Um, nah. But I wouldn't. I don't think he's in the same class as these guys. And then the last one who I I went back and forth with Mayfield was uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, uh, I didn't even think about Deshaun Watson. You probably put him in that list too. But yeah, like like Luke we're saying, just got some flaws. I don't think we've he's shown some things, but I, I'm not totally sold that Watson is a. I think he's gonna be he'll be he can be a starter for the next decade, but I'm not sure he's a top three guy at all. All right, so at right, number two, so do we have the same one and two? Then? Let's find or out. So two? At number two, I got Carson Wentz. So I'm expecting a big uh, year from. Yeah, I'm expecting a massive year from Wentz. Two, okay, here we go. I'm expecting a big year from Wentz. I think he's gonna be healthy this year. They got Foles out of there. Um, a little bit the same thing as Luck. I, I do have my injury concerns, but I think yeah. uh, if he can stay in the field this year and kind of move past it, then yeah, I, I still think when he's been on the field, he's been an MVP caliber quarterback. So you just can't put anything against him basically other than the injury concerns I don't think mm-hmm. so yeah well I think we're in agreement there one and two and then Alvin Mahomes speaks for itself yeah obviously I, Mahomes is gonna be number one I mean I will say for Mahomes like this is this is the closest thing I can think of in the NFL to like a LeBron style player entering the league uh, yeah since may, maybe um Peyton Manning, but even then we were kind of young for that. And even then, yeah, I mean, he didn't. Peyton Manning's rookie season was historically pretty, pretty uh, mediocre. Whereas Mahomes, obviously, first year starting was one of the best seasons we've seen from a quarterback. Period. Yeah, I would say. I mean, he did like. I guess the only comparison would be Rodgers, but Rodgers sat what two more years. Yeah, I think so. I think he, he sat. That sounds right. Sitting three. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. I wish it wasn't true, but <laughs> I wish it was in it. Basically, any other. Eh, the only teams to be worse would be if he was on the Raiders or if he was on the Broncos. Yeah, Agre- but, agreed. So it's, but it's gonna it's gonna does. suck having him in division in the next fifteen seasons, but. Assuming yeah. Casey does every, doesn't let him go, but I, I yeah. I mean, he's just unbelievable. I was very wrong on the Mahomes hype train. Oh yeah, I, I didn't. I did it. not see this coming at all. I mean, this is a guy that had some success at, at Tech, but I, I don't think. I mean, I, but success you could just chalk up to a system basically, mm-hmm. and then just got an Andy Reid system and. Just probably the greatest rookie QB, or not rookie, first, I guess. First year starting. First two seasons, yeah, first year starting. Season never. Yep, I can't, I don't even know the comparison. Dan Marino, I, I want to say, had a pretty historical first year starting. But I mean, you gotta go, you gotta go pretty far back. You're going back yeah. 35 years to, to even find yeah, a, no a comp. In the modern era. Yep. This. So yeah, we'll see if he see if he builds upon it, but I don't expect to be a flash in the pan by any means. All right, uh, so let's uh, move on to succession. 
on to Succession, the HBO show that season two just premiered tonight. I think, speaking for myself, maybe my favorite show of 2018. What about you, Connor? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the only other contender for that belt would be uh, Billions. I'd probably put those on the same level. If obviously my my gold standard for a show is Mad Men, that's a ten. I put these guys. I mean, these are nines for me. Yeah, I mean, Succession. I felt was kind of uneven in its first season, but when it was good, it was like unbelievable. Like it was, it was, it was constantly good, but it went to like peak TV territory when it was great. Yep, I, th- I think that's a fair assessment of uh, of season one. So I, I tried to, uh, I made the effort to try to rewatch the entire season. Um, attempted wet, started Wednesday, watched the first two episodes, and then uh, <laughs> didn't get any further than that. So I was looking to do a full blown rewatch. Didn't get around to it, but thinking maybe rewatch uh, episode ten um, tonight before the premiere. Uh, yeah, spoiler warning for any, anyone that hasn't watched uh, season one. If you haven't seen season one, you're late. You're late. Come on. <laughs> you had all fucking summer. Please get on it. Please get on it. Please get on it. I cannot recommend a show uh, harder uh, in 2019 than to get on board with this. I think with Thrones leaving, um, this is definitely poised to kind of be the, the flagship program for HBO moving forward. Yeah, that or Westworld every other year. Oh, okay. Westworld season two took a kind of a dive. Still never saw it, actually. But regardless, <laughs> I don't know if it'd be. Might be too lost. <laughs> but that's a, that's but, one thing I oh, love about man. Succession. Very digestible. Very. Uh, I've never really feel lost watching Succession. No, not at all. It's very straightforward with all these just terrible people it takes the <laughs> kind of madman breaking bad like all your main characters are terrible people to like 11 which is I think very interesting they do it very well yep yep i mean i think with madman it was definitely a little more nuanced in the sense like yeah like oh, you yeah. can like draper's in a lot of ways, or Sterling in a lot of ways is kind of a shitty person, but there are certain like virtues and uh, redeeming qualities <laughs> to them. Whereas Succession, it's it's you gotta look long and hard to find any kind of uh, any kind of virtuous qualities about really anyone on this show. Other than cousin Greg, <laughs> Greg the Egg, Greg the Egg, dude. <laughs> what was the the, the Machiavellian fuck? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. <laughs> Even the last episode was so fucking awesome. Because he's I, the only person that you kind of like are like, okay, I can kind of relate to this person. Mm-hmm. Like in on this, a human th- level. You could see yourself in a lot of them, but you're like, you don't. Greg the Egg is the only one you're like, okay, I could. If someone compared me to him, I'd be okay with that. Uh, I, I, speaking for myself, I, I wouldn't mind being compared to Kendall, personally. All right. <laughs> You drug addicted <laughs> fuck. 
Kendall, just try to rise up and take the family to another level. You want to be... You want to be compared to, like, Chappaquiddick and all that? <laughs> I was always more of a Bobby Kennedy than a Ted Kennedy. We're, I mean, obviously, I you love Kendall. Kendall's one of my least favorite. I don't hate him, but I think Kendall's a weak, spineless fuck. <laughs> I mean, he just got destroyed at the end of the last season, which will be interesting that was, to see. Oh yeah, definitely tough. Definitely tough to watch. I was the entire entire season one. I was rooting for Kendall to rise up. There's definitely there's a few moments throughout there where it felt like he was gonna overcome his father, and uh, whether it be through securing the board board approval, a hostile takeover, and just every just every time he couldn't get over the hump, and then it looks like he got his. Uh, well, appears to be a, probably his downfall in that Chabaquitic moment. It's tough so, to imagine a scenario where he rises up now, I think. So here's my theory that it's going to be a three-season show. It's just going to show the downfall of all three uh, siblings. Ooh. Ooh, okay. So I think this one's going to be about... Uh, Shiv? What? Shiv? Siobhan, the, whatever. Siobhan, yeah, but goes by Shiv, the presidential campaign. I think, like, yeah, the president, and it seems like from the promotional material, she's going to be the one that's trying to take over, and I think it's going to take her down, and it's like her pride and stuff like that, thinking she's better than her siblings, and I think this year's going to take her down. And then you'll hit Roman in the last season. Interesting. Okay, I could definitely, I could understand where you're coming from there. That that's my thinking of the show is that it's gonna tear Shiv down because it seems like she's the one trying to take over in this season. There was hints last season that she was kind of ready to try to take the reins of it, and I think she's gonna be a lot more aggressive this season, and I think she's gonna ultimately fail. Okay, I, that's I could definitely I could see where that's uh, kind of where that's going. I, so I think we'll see that. Um, I guess her being the well, where do we leave like the political campaign is? Is she? Where is that right now? What was the latest thing to happen on that front? I think she was. She's still a part of it, but her like family loyalty was being tested, basically. Okay, wasn't it? Oh yeah, Gil, Gil Eaves or something like that. What was that guy's name? Uh, the, yeah, the kind of Bernie Sanders esque. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that, like you kind of those interests gonna be pitted against the families, and she's gonna have to kind of pick pick side almost. Yeah, and I think she's gonna pick the family with the intention of being the top dog. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, tough to say. Um, so you got yeah, Shiv. I think we'll, that that'll be a main storyline. And then, do we see kind of Greg digress further into from being an outsider? And he'll never obviously him and Tom will never be true insiders. But do we see Greg become a shittier person as he tries to rise up in this world? I think will be one major thing to watch out for this season. Also, 
Yeah, probably in like a funny way though. Greg's <laughs> just so funny. <laughs> Greg and Tom are just. I mean, it's from Adam McKay. Like that's the thing about the show. It's like very intriguing everything, but it's just funny the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's what threw me off at first, but once you get used to the cadence of it, because it's Adam McKay who wrote Anchorman, Step Brothers, all that. But has since kind of from that era, it's kind of pivoted more into like more drama with uh more drama but he always keeps that kind of comedy thing that's what originally kind of threw me off the show like the first episode i was like this is just a weird comedy dress as a drama I mean, it's kind of the and same vein he, as his movies but with the advice you yeah. had a uh, big short also kind of in that you're talking about it's a drama it's political it's financial but there's also that kind of i don't even know how you describe it like a light airiness to it yeah, like and comedy. it just seemed too airy for the pilot. But then, like, once you get used to the cadence of it, I think that's when it got better. Okay, that's a fair assessment. But I'm fucking excited for this season. Oh, I'm, oh yeah. Most excited I've been for a new season of a TV show. Well, I guess I was very excited for Game of Thrones. But it let me down. I don't think this will let me down. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, goes without saying, but I'm, I'm far more excited for this season than anything Thrones-wise I ever was. Oh, yeah. Any predictions for this season other than, well, I get, kind of gave my prediction that's going to be the downfall of Shiv. Um, hmm. No, I don't, I don't have anything specific on it. I don't. I really would like to see a way for Kendall to rise up, but I don't. I don't see it. I think maybe less. I can see it being less focused on Kendall this season, actually. Yeah, I th- it kind. It kind of so seems too. like where do you go from that like Chappaquiddick esque downfall? I mean, is he is? That'll be. I guess that'll probably, that'll probably be the most interesting thing for me to watch. Will be like, because I think he would. He was probably the star of last season, like the number one guy. Got yeah, centered he, on him. He's the he's the number one in that. It's kind of like a solar system. You got uh, Logan Roy, that's the sun, and everyone's kind of rolling around him. But you're focusing on the planet that was Kendall. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's an interesting so way of putting it. Kind of two main points, and now you're moving to a different planet. Still makes a difference. Okay, yeah. So I, I've, I could say them pulling back a little bit on Kendall this year, and then yeah, I think Ship makes the most sense to focus on with the with this political campaign. So I guess we'll see where that goes. But yeah, it did. The first season was just so fucking good. Like how many characters they were able to like fully flesh out. Fully like flesh out. Basically, every main main character you you totally understand what they're all like mm-hmm. i think it, i it think you could main... argue it's the, the best job a show has done at that since mad men mad men i think was and i don't historically... even think mad men you got that many characters fleshed out in the first season i think throughout the course of the seven you did yeah but in season yeah, one you... uh, how many yeah okay how many characters like after season one of 12 episodes of mad men how many characters are you really invested in other than 
Don, Roger, Don. Pete, Betty. I'm not even sure if you were that invested in Betty that early. No, Maybe Betty, you yeah, you I don't even were. think you were that invested in Betty that at that point. I'd say it's, it's really Peggy. those three. The th- oh, Peggy. Okay, so probably those. Maybe where well, you get four. Where you could point out seven, eight characters in succession, season one, where you're like, okay, I underst- totally understand what these characters are about. Three siblings, Greg, Tom, Logan, Marsha. And Marsha doesn't really get that much. Doesn't really get that much screen time. But Marcia. I think you, I think you have an understanding of what her motives are, kind of. Yeah. Um. What's his name? The the business partner that, huh? Oh, Gil Evis is the uh, politician that Shiv is working with. But uh, who are you saying? The the former number two that gets kicked out early in the first season. That Frank Kendall works with Frank. You got him, uh, but Jerry. Regardless, regardless, he just even it's just so built out in the first season is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I agree with that. All right, I think we've hit succession up. Please go watch HBO. Pay us. <laughs> Now we're moving on to a special interview with uh, Connor, who is the commissioner of our fantasy football league. Um, Not without his controversies, so we (laughs) wanted to get the man in person to uh, talk about what he does and how he does it. Let me uh, me shift gears here. Let me shift gears here, put my commissioner hat on, take off my my podcast and... Podcasting hat. So I like to think of it. I'm wearing a one of my podcasts. I'm wearing a backwards baseball hat. But as a commissioner, I like to think of myself in a suit and a uh, a Tom Landry type hat. I, I like it. Patrolling the sidelines. All right. All right. So uh, first of all, explain your duties as a commissioner in the league. Yes, certainly. So I think first and foremost is just kind of maintaining a sense of. Uh, of organization for the league, especially uh, in that kind of transition into as we approach the new season. So this this is really the this is where I make my bones. So big thing is getting that draft scheduled, um, finding a time that works for everybody. We typically aim for a week three of the uh, of the preseason. So making sure again that auction set up, um, that's big. And then throughout the course of the season, uh, my main duty I guess would be just approving trades. So we're not. A, I'll be honest. We're not a trade-heavy league. I think. I think a lot of us have a major fear of being, uh, for lack of a better term, trade raped. So historically, <laughs> of of different leagues I've been in and been exposed to, this league really does not have many trades go down. So when they do go down, it's my responsibility to ultimately approve them, make sure it's good for the league, and then uh, let's see. I guess other thing would just be coordinating the trophy. So making sure that gets to the proper person. Um, last couple of seasons, it's been in Huntington Beach, so a little bit easier to uh, to coordinate. But making sure it gets shipped out, gets engraved on, and then last would just be uh, maintaining maintaining peace in the kingdom. 
So trying to avoid controversies. Um, I think our early seasons, we definitely had a bit of growing pains. Um, things that need to be kind of ironed out. But it's last few seasons, it's been a pretty much uh, pretty smooth waters, I'd say. All right. So what do you think your approval rating is in the league? To be honest with you, I'd be, I'd be damned if it's anything short of 95%. 97%? I mean, I, 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 I challenge you to find a better, a, better, a better king. I'm just asking what your approval rating is. <laughs> I told you, nine, give me 97%. How's that? As, as a person in your kingdom, I'd say that's a, that's a strong, strong estimate. Well, what might you suggest the approval rating in the kingdom is? Hey, I'm just a, I'm just a person in your kingdom. You know, I can't say. <laughs> I don't I'm know. just saying, you know. <laughs> All right, what do you think your greatest impact as a commissioner has been? Greatest impact as a commissioner? I would say just longevity. I think being able to maintain, being the, the fulcrum point of this league for for a decade and maintaining peace isn't something that everyone would would be able to do. So I think you got to kind of maintain contact, maintain a a sense of order with everybody, make sure people's voices are heard, and to be able to do that for over a decade now, I think speaks to my abilities as a uh, as a commissioner. Do you think everyone has loved you as your time as a commissioner? <laughs> I'm sure some people had had some things they would uh would change, especially in those earlier days. I think we had a little bit of controversy. Um, the one that comes to mind, Joe Webb. Oh, we'll as, get to that. <laughs> as time has gone on, the details have become a little have become uh, murky for me. But I think that had some controversies there. Um, I mean, honest, I'm not really sure where the complaints would be, other than that that particular incident. We did we did have a change at one point from a. Uh, Probably, I'm just saying, I'm thinking monumental um, kind of milestones in the league's history. Going from a from a stink draft to an auction draft, that's going to be a big change for any uh, league. And I think we navigated that pretty well, to be honest with you. We gave a, we gave a good 18-month kind of uh, of runway. We didn't just go out and do it. We thought about it. We approached it in a thoughtful, careful manner to make sure that we were going to give people enough time to prepare it's a massive seat change in how you prepare for the draft. The draft sets the tone for the entire season. So giving the league members an appropriate amount of time to prepare for that change, I think, was a, something we really – we stuck the landing. You know, they talk about it in, uh, in uh, econ- economics, you want to engineer that soft landing. And I think that's something we were able to do. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think everything has been methodically planned out in our league. I, I, would, I will give you that. I've compared it to. Uh, actually, actually, I should hold off on that. That's, a, that's probably touchy. <laughs> I had, I, had a, I had a metaphor for it. I used it behind closed doors, but for public broadcast, uh, we'll hold off on that. Let me we'll think better. Yeah. <laughs> you might know where I'm going with that one, but hold on. I, I actually don't, but I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Next. Sure tell me Next. <laughs> Alright, uh, so you you hit on controversies a little bit. What do you think the biggest controversies in the league have been? 
Um, I'm trying to remember, honestly. I think Joe Webb is the one that comes to everybody's mind. Um, why, don't you, why, don't you fill the, why don't you fill the viewers in for those, uh, for those less informed? Uh, all right. So, Joe Webb listed as a running back and res- or a receiver. One of the two, but listed. This was in the – after the – no, this was in the Superflex era. We had a flex and a Superflex. Is that right? No, no, no. We never had anything but a... No, we had a super flex at some point. What, a QWRT? Yeah. Hmm. We have to go back. All right, we have to go back and look into that. Regardless, Joe Webb was a receiver at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Started, was the, became the number one quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And was only a quarterback. Let's make this straight. He wasn't like a wildcat type guy. And it came to the finals. And one of our players against another player, a great player, I'll say, uh, <laughs> wanted to play him. And the, uh, the opposite player said that that's unfair because he plays as purely a quarterback, but he's playing in a flex position. And that seems very unfair that just because Yahoo hadn't updated their thing, their position rankings, that he could play an extra quarterback. And it was a con- contentious debate, I will say. Who, give, right, give, let, the, let the people know, who are the two parties in play? Do you remember? Well, uh, yes, I do remember. <laughs> the, the great player that was being shafted was myself. <laughs> Only three-time champ in the league, I'll just say that. So has a good, I have a good uh, handle on fantasy football, I would say. I don't want to throw anyone out there. All right, fair they enough. They were doing enough. their best. It's not on uh, Team Z. To to make that decision on the commissioner. I, I mean you're you're replaying this right now, and I would I I can confidently say I would make the same decision in 2019 as I made in 2011. It's not just some willy nilly thing that Yahoo just rolls these position eligibilities out like they're they're these are paid fucking San Francisco engineers as shitty of a company as Yahoo is. I'll say these are paid engineers to do this job. They are looking at each and I guarantee they're looking at each and every player in that universe and determine their eligibility. If I mean if the guy's it's fucking job. if the guy's fucking your su- job. if the guy's fucking suited up at quarterback, then he's a fucking quarterback. Yeah, so I, he, I, is, I, he should be a quarterback if he's suited up at quarterback. That's exactly what I'm saying. He should be a receiver if he's suited up at quarterback. If he's eligible at receiver though, he play a receiver. I don't agree with teams. I don't disagree with Team Z's strategy. I put that on the commissioner. <laughs> I stand by my decision. If if he's eligible to the position, he's eligible to the position. Anyone could have got him. That was what I said in 2011. Is that anyone could have got him? Fair enough. <laughs> so I, mean, I think that's the major controversy in my that's, tenure. That's why I think your approval rating's not through the roof. <laughs> 
you mean, do you think the rest? I don't know if the rest of the league necessarily think. I mean, obviously you're on one side of the coin, but I'm not sure I the rest of the I league get the uh, the winners guild. <laughs> I mean, other than that, that's the that's one. I mean, thing. I came out on top. Let's let's get that straight. <laughs> Even despite the cards being stacked against me by our Goodell type commissioner. <laughs> I think other than that particular event, I'm not sure if the league can point to really anything else um, in terms of controversy. Do you have anything else? Oh, no. Nothing too major. (laughs) I mean, I I organized a very nice Hooters trip for us once. (laughs) I think of that as... We still need need an anniversary draft, I'll say that. I agree with that statement, but I think of that as almost. Uh, I'm trying to think of a nice comparison for this. Maybe when the league decided to go to Hawaii for the uh, for the Pro Bowl, something along those lines. We need we need to figure it out. Regard. All right. Next question. Uh, do you think being a commissioner has impacted your play? As hmm. a player in the league, that's interesting. Um, I'll say no, though. I mean, I don't really know how it would affect it. The only thing would be, I think I always conducted the uh, the draft order in a fair manner. Um, historically, we tra- we di- tried different things, such as uh, kind of like a lottery style, just drawing the names out of a like a, a hopper sort of thing. Um, and then auction style kind of mitigates any kind of concern around that. So I'm trying to think. So of you way- think historically being a bottom third person to leave <laughs> the commissioner? I was giving it out, you know. <laughs> no, I mean I, I really don't think it affects it. I think I I, <laughs> I don't think I I mean. I'll, I'll say this. I do put the I put the league above. I put the greater good of the league above anything. <laughs> I'll say that. But no, I'm not going to use that I, as an out. I don't want to get. I don't want to get a short change. I'm trying to think. You might be the worst person in our league, historically. Worst is a is a hard thing to measure. I think, but somehow they found a way to quantify this. I check. Uh, I checked the uh, fantasy rankings, and you were. The worst, in our- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Where's where is that located? I was trying to find that. There's a I record don't book. How I found it, but it wasn't great. We'll look into this. We'll look into this. <laughs> I was giving you an out. Ah, fuck yeah! I'm looking at it. How is oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna question these rankings then though. Looking at them now, how is Team Sloth number one if they've never won a ring? I think it takes other fantasy teams into account as well. Hmm. I I, di- I disagree with the rankings somewhat. I mean, I think it's a flawed. Who should be number one in our league? I mean, I'll who admit. Won their league. Yeah, I'll admit it's probably. No, so this is, I think this is just based on league levels or the overall average rating of all managers specific to head-to-head. Uh, fuck, I can't, is this, I think it might just be the league. I don't know if it takes into account, like, other sports. 
Well, Slaw shouldn't be in the in the top three. I could agree with that. I mean, let's. I agree with that. Yeah, win the league and to be considered. So who, who? How many of the of the twelve? How many people have won the league? Four, five. I'm four. Is it five? It might be five. If I'm th- I'm missing somebody. All time is there? Uh, there should be. A, okay, here we go. I'm looking at it right now. One, two, three. I don't know. Some of these names I'm not too familiar with. Are you Mick? You're Mick Idiot and Holy Tebow, Rick. Yeah. All right. So you got you, Aaron. I'll be honest, I'm no Siri Bob. I'm not sure who that would be. Is that Casey, maybe? I don't have. So yeah, that's, that's Casey. The four I counted was me, Aaron, Bobby, Casey. And then Sam, and, uh, Mitch won in 2016. Oh, yeah. Mitch and, Trav- and Travis won in 2017. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's right, six. <laughs> oh, tough. The Winners Guild's getting too big. Ah. <laughs> uh. Still, still a top half of the league, <laughs> and the, there's what it what is it called in the like 1920s, like the jungle, the um, I'm the book, on it. the book, the jungle, yeah, a trust, <laughs> like for the the lower people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. You have to look that up. <laughs> the pros. The pros. <laughs> well, I, I mean, granted, my performance might put me in that class, but I think as a commissioner, I'm, a, I'm almost a level above anybody. No. <laughs> it's almost like uh, the Indian caste system. <laughs> One day you'll make it, Connor. Who knows? It could Your be this. Commissioner gives you no status in the winners guild. <laughs> I disagree. I think it, I, it gets me into any room in America. I would say it's almost like let's see. Look at the but caste are you system. Part of that? Are you part of that room? <laughs> All right. So the Indian you, caste. Are you a part of that room? <laughs> I am that room. <laughs> nah. So the, let's see. The Indian caste system is composed of five levels. So at the top would be priests and academics, and below that would be warriors and kings. I would almost say that the the winners guild is is the second level, and that me as the commissioner holds myself as the Brahmin, the the priest or academic. Okay. <laughs> I'll, 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 we won't want to hurt any feelings, but at the bottom of the league you have you have the untouchables, out of caste streets <laughs> street sweepers. In latrine cleaners. <laughs> okay, who's actually at the top? The Brahmin, me. <laughs> who who who's won the most in the league? <laughs> uh, oh, it has to be the three. I'll, I'll give you that three-time champ. You're a little bit like the like the like the Packers or something, though, Rick. Your your first two titles came in the dead ball era. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Where were you last year, Connor? <laughs> I don't know. Where was I? I was 10th. You weren't third. 
slandering, slandering the good name. All right, let's uh, finish this off with some cuck of the week. Uh, Connor, you got a cuck of the week? Yep. Yeah, so for this episode of uh episode this uh nominee for Cuck of the Week, uh that's what I wanna do, but we're we're giving it to the kids. America's youth. Report came out this week that uh kids just aren't playing enough sports. And uh as a sports podcast, it's something you hate to see. Everyone on our podcast played high school sports. I think that's what they're worried about. Not enough kids. I think they're saying like eleven twelve is when kids Quit sports. Really? Don't have Damn. That competitive drive in you anymore. They're too busy fucking playing Fortnite. Fucking. What else? What else are kids doing these days? They're fucking on TikTok. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I don't think kids are fucking enough. Actually, there's, I've. <laughs> they're doing. A, there's reports. All, all teen pregnancies down across the board. That's probably a good thing. But play sports, <laughs> goddammit. That could be that. Maybe that's a, maybe there's a correlation there. Not of jocks, not of cool dudes. Who are the who are we the cheerleaders? Too many nerds in our society. Too many goddamn nerds. Who are the who are the fucking cheerleaders gonna bang? They're not gonna bang the fucking nerds. You think the you think you're gonna be walking around with your Letterman? To program computers and build life skills. <laughs> you think we think you're you think uh, learning C plus plus getting you laid? Not a chance. It's it's wearing a fucking Letterman. Walking play, around play a high school sport. That, walking around B, BMOC. Walking around that C in your chest. <laughs> the captain. <laughs> the captain. So I, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I wasn't a. I'm not, I'm not a super athlete by any kind of means, but I played sports throughout my, my childhood growing up. Rick, I think you're a model citizen in this category. You know, football, lacrosse, baseball. I think that's one problem. That, Related, but kids are specializing too early. Also, I agree. I think it's I good to be well rounded. Need to get their shit together. <laughs> we have fucking... baby boomers coming about to complain about, but now these kids are just too entitled. They're entitled. It's the goddamn trophy generation. Everyone gets a fucking trophy. <laughs> it's, it's not good. It's not good. You gotta. Uh... Kids are shaped by failure. They gotta know what it tastes like, know what it feels like, to avoid it. You gotta hate. You gotta hate losing a hell of a lot more than you hate than you love winning. I'll tell you that much. You wanna succeed in this life? Agreed. You wanna build something, kids? Get out there, play a sport. Get off your phone. Play Get off your goddamn phone. Stop playing fucking Fortnite with your fucking dances and your fucking skins. <laughs> Playing with your goddamn drone in the park? No, go throw, go play, go have a catch. Play a little one on one. And this was uh, mid twenties men yelling at cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Getting too so, old for this shit. So we'll, we'll see where this goes. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not terribly uh, encouraged by what, I, what I'm seeing from America's youth. I mean, there's nothing that pisses me off more 
than the fact that kids don't like baseball anymore and they'd rather fucking watch League of Legends than a goddamn baseball game. Nothing get, nothing agree. boils my blood <laughs> more than that. On a sports perspective, that is. Agreed. So, let's get that, let's get that short up, huh? America. Let's get to work. Cuck of the week. The Cuck kids. of the week, the kids. I want to see kids playing baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and hockey, first and foremost. And if your kid's not less athletic, and maybe, maybe tennis and golf are a good alternative as well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm a little more country club, cut from that cloth. Some of us are. Nothing wrong with it, but play a goddamn sport. That's, right. uh, that's Rick and Connor signing off, America. Have a good week.